0: Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast. And share it with a friend. Hi, I'm Dan Steep, and welcome to Spiritual Talk. This episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved, NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen, info for at gmail.com. Thanks for joining together with me on this episode. I want to share with you uh, about Bible prophecy. You know, Bible prophecy is not meant to scare you. It's meant to prepare you. Not to scare, but to prepare so that we're ready uh, when these events unfold here in the last days that we're living in. So I want to share with you uh, what I've called God's calendar of final things. I'm going to share 14 major prophetic events that are going to take place in the last days beginning with the the next major prophetic event to be fulfilled which is the rapture of the church but i want to encourage you that god is in charge that's uh, a lot of people don't understand that concept but he is in charge the world is not falling apart what the world is doing is falling in line with bible prophecy the prophecies of God have never failed. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21, "For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit." So prophecy doesn't come from the will of man. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. So before we get into these 14 major prophetic events, I just want to share uh, some, some scripture with you from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew, chapter 24, is a highly prophetic chapter, and if I could just pick out uh, some, some verses, beginning in verse 36, the Bible says, "...of that day and hour no one knows." No, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only knows. That is the hour for the return of Christ. No one knows, only the Father knows. Verse 39. It says that the people did not know until the flood came and took them away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. It's going to come in an instant. A twinkling of an eye. Unexpected, people aren't going to know. Verse 44. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. So Bible prophecy is not to scare you, but it is to prepare you, to make sure that you're prepared and ready at the second coming of Christ. So let's dive into the first um, or the next major prophetic event on God's calendar. Number one, the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is not the second coming of Christ. The rapture of the church is for everyone who's saved and living a holy life. Everyone who's prepared for, for the coming of the Lord. And the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour will come as a thief in the night. The scripture I want to share with you is from First. Thessalonians, one of the letters to the churches that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter four, 4, verses 15 through 18, and I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures uh, in this episode. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, or those who, who uh, died but were saved. So Christians who have died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, the word rapture, a lot of people uh, will try to put forth an an argument against the rapture of the church by saying that the word rapture is not in the Bible, but actually... The word rapture is in the Bible, it's just not in the English Bible, but you can find it um, in Latin, you can find it in Aramaic, uh, you you can find it in the Greek, uh, you can find it in Hebrew, but the word rapture doesn't translate well into English, and rapture literally means to be caught up, and so uh, in the English... Use the word rapture in this context in the English Bible, it would require yet more explanation and definition, whereas caught up is easily understood. So, rapture is in the Bible; it's just not in the English version of the Bible. And the concept of the rapture is very clearly seen throughout Scripture. And I hope to do uh, I hope to do an episode in the future. Uh, on simply on the rapture of the church the premillennial rapture of the church uh, so that's that's something that i I really desire to lay out there together for you uh, here in the near future so this is the rapture of the church where Jesus comes in the clouds he actually doesn't touch the the earth and we and those who are dead in Christ who will be resurrected at that moment will be caught up together and meet the lord together in the air and the bible says that from that point forward, we will forever be with the Lord. This is the next major prophetic event on God's calendar, and it is, it is so much closer than you can possibly imagine. When we see the, the, the things that are spoken of in the Gospel of Matthew, ver, uh, chapter 24, um, about the coming of the Lord, about the last days, you can see the signs are all around us. Uh, the, the activity with Russia, the arming of Iran, uh, it, it's all, these things are all lining up uh, to fulfill Bible prophecy and, and bring us to the second coming of the Lord. But if we see all these signs for the second coming, how much closer is the rapture of the church? Because it occurs before the second coming of the Lord. So let me move on to the second of these 14 Uh, events. The next one is the rise of the Antichrist. The rise of the Antichrist. And I can't get into great detail uh, in in this episode, uh, but again, I, I hope to be able to share with you in the near future about this Antichrist system that's being put in place in the earth. But the Antichrist is this person who's going to be the most charismatic leader that the world has ever known that person is going to emerge and we're going to look into in Revelation chapter 13 Revelation chapter 13 to see a little bit about what the word says about this antichrist Revelation 13 beginning in verse 11 then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So this false worship is going to be required, and those who will not worship the image of the beast will be killed, and he causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, so that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who understands calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is six, six, six. Another scripture that we'll look at is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We read a moment ago from 1 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless the lawless one, which is the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with, his, with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deceptions going to be incredibly deceiving among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, and they all that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So this is the Antichrist agenda. It's underway. No buying or selling without the mark of the beast. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's being implemented through the United States, the European Union, uh, really being headed up by the United Nations, which is nothing but a demonic Luciferian power structure. And and it's the, the, the rise of the Antichrist will be is going to lead into the next. major event, which number three is the tribulation period. But before we talk about that, verse 7 in this passage of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 5 through 12, says that this lawless one is being held back, and it's not until the one who restrains him is moved out of the way that... The lo- the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, will be able to do fully do what he desires to do. And I would suggest to you that the one who is preventing him from and I, I've I've gone I, I'll, I'll spend more time on this in a future episode, uh, going into detail about the possibilities of who that one could be. I'll just spoiler alert tell you that it's the church, it's the body of Christ on the earth the ones in whom Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. As long as the church, the influence of Christ through his church, as long as that is happening, is present here on the earth, the Antichrist cannot fully do what he desires to do. And that's why the rise of the Antichrist comes after the rapture of the church. That's the one who's moved out of the way when the church is raptured out of the earth, that's when the rise of the Antichrist will come in his fullness. And that's going to lead us into number three, which is the tribulation period. Uh, The prophet Daniel said that this Antichrist will go to Israel, he'll sign a seven-year peace treaty, and when his pen hits the paper, the seven-year tribulation period Begins. And that is when God's judgment is going to be poured out on the earth. You'll hear people all the time, every time uh, a natural disaster happens, every time something um, like coronavirus or something else uh, happens in the earth, a war, uh, you'll hear people say, This is God's judgment. Those people don't understand the Bible, it's clear. God's not pouring out His judgment on people right now because that's not His heart toward people. There's coming a time during this tribulation period where the Bible says there are bowls in heaven full of God's judgment and wrath that are going to be poured out on the earth. That's going to happen during the tribulation period. What we're seeing now is the signs of the time. We're seeing the earth groaning because of sin, the wages of sin, which is death. We're seeing the compound effects of sin over generations being played out right before our eyes. But make no mistake about it, what we're seeing is not God's judgment. What we're seeing is the result of the sinfulness and the depravity of humanity, and where that sin and depravity ultimately leads. And so we're seeing an increase of wickedness, and, and you're seeing an inc- it's, it's a brazenness of wickedness. Well, I could go on and on, but I, for time's sake, I'm going to move us forward through this, this calendar of final things. So God's judgment will be poured out, over half of the world's population will die during the tribulation period. That's why you want to make sure that you're ready. You want to make sure that you're prepared, which means you're, you're walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You've received his forgiveness of your sin, and you're walking in him, in Christ, when the rapture happens, because you will be caught up out of the earth. You'll be with the Lord forever, and you'll You won't have to take part in things like this great tribulation period where his judgment and wrath is poured out. The Bible tells us that there's going to be uncommon natural disasters, like natural disasters on a scale that we've never seen before. There'll be war, uncontrolled pestilences, like uncontrolled. Not just things like coronavirus, that that it was a biological weapon released upon us, but because when they released it, they already had the, the vaccine patents in place. So it was controllable um, if if they wanted to do so. Seven years where the the earth is going to be exposed to the wrath of God due to their sins. In Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. Daniel nine twenty-seven. I was turning in the wrong direction because they have the major and minor prophets in the Bible, and they're not listed as major or minor because of um, their importance or their impact, but simply because of the size or the of the writing, the length of the book. And Daniel, I always think, should be sooner uh, toward the front of those major prophets because of what an important um, prophetic book that it is, but because of the size of it is not nearly as big, it's never where I think it should be in my mind. So there you have a journey in the mind of Dan. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, so the abominations of desolation, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So this one week is speaking about seven years, and seven years by the Hebrew calendar is 360 days, not 365 days, and that comes out to 2,520 days. And this tribulation period ends with the second coming of Christ. But during this time, pre-tribulation Christians will be in heaven. I can't emphasize that enough for you in this episode. They will be in heaven, secured, as the Bible says, where they will forever be with the Lord. Now, at this point comes the Battle of Gog and Magog, which is spoken of in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. I won't read, I'm not going to read uh, those two chapters of Ezekiel in their entirety uh, for time's sake, but you can read, you can go there and read Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. This takes place, this battle of Gog and Magog, in the first half of the tribulation, so during, in the, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And this is where Russia, along with a, a coalition of nations from, from the east, China will be involved, and from, from Africa, they're all going to join together. And, and the, the, the prophecy in Ezekiel tells us that the Euphrates River will dry up. And the League of Nations are gonna travel on it into the north of Israel and attack. Now you can Google this. This phenomenon is happening as I'm speaking. The the Euphrates River is drying up. There's, there's lots of reports about it. This, this is happening. We're so you, you can't imagine how close we are to the second coming of Christ. And if we're that close to the second coming, How much closer are we to the rapture of the church? It's very close. And that's why uh, I'm so committed here at Revival Now Ministries to uh, reaching the nations with the gospel message to bring as many people to Christ because time really is running out. And I don't say that in any sort of like um, ominous way, but I can see the signs of the time in Scripture. And, and so I'm determined to bring as many people with me as I possibly can when Jesus comes to rapture the church. Amen. Uh, this, is, uh, this is reportable and researchable also. Russia has completed a military base north of Israel, just off of the Euphrates River. Now, I'm not saying the Russians understand Bible prophecy, but they're playing into it. God is in control. This thing is lining up according to Bible prophecy. And and when this battle takes place, Israel will be no match for the coalition of nations that are coming against them. But, But Jesus is going to step in and destroy the army this coalition of nations and armies, with an apocalyptic display of His might, His judgment, and His wrath. It's going to be powerful. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses from Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 18 and 19. It says, It will come to pass at that time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. See you owe it to yourself to go and, and read Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. Ezekiel and Daniel are... Um, Highly, not only highly prophetic books, but extremely useful, along with the book of Revelation and uh, 1 and Second Thessalonians. And you also have to pay attention to what Jesus had to say in the Gospels, like in Matthew 24, uh, Luke 21. Extremely useful in understanding Bible prophecy. The next thing is number five, the abomination of desolations, spoken of by Daniel. The abomination of desolations after the battle of Gog and Magog, halfway through the tribulation, when the Antichrist breaks the treaty that was signed with Israel, that we, we see in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5, it's going to be 42 months, that's three and a half years. And I'm going to read, uh, let's look at, I was, I've been talking about Matthew chapter 24. So Matthew chapter 24, just verse 15, says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. So Jesus was speaking about it in Matthew 24. Daniel spoke about it in Daniel 9, 27. I read it once. I'm going to read it one more time. Then shall co- he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be the one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. The Antichrist will exalt himself as God. And he's going to make statues of himself and he's going to place one of those statues in the temple in Jerusalem. And that is what is spoken of as the abomination of desolations. Yeah, I'll save. I was going to go on a tangent, but I'm going to save that for another episode. So Jesus prophesied about the Jews Once again, being scattered through persecution and along with all those who've been saved during the tribulation. So a a great revival is going to take place during the tribulation because during the tribulation, you see, there's so much deception going on now. People are being deceived and many people can't see what's actually happening how this Antichrist system is being implemented as I'm speaking. But when the tribulation period is taking place, it's all going to be open. Like, it's going to be out. It's, nothing's going to be hidden. It's going to be laid bare. And people are going to wake up, and people will know exactly what is happening. And the Bible tells us that multitudes will re- reject this mark of the beast And it's going to cost them their lives. Next, number six, the Battle of Armageddon. This is the one that takes place at the end of the tribulation period, at the end of the seven years, where where the kings of the earth, led by the Antichrist, are going to rebel. And we're going to look in Revelation chapter 16 for this one. Revelation chapter 16 verses 16 through 21. I told you you're going to be reading a lot of Scripture uh, in this episode, and there's no getting around it because without the, the Scripture, you just have me talking and you, you need to understand the Scriptural background and support for what I'm saying. It says in Revelation chapter 16, verses 16 through 21, they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as has not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give up her, to give her the cup, of wine, of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not ma- found. So it's, it's talking about the mountains will be laid level, and the islands will will disappear. And great hail from heaven fell upon men; every hailstone uh, about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. So the Bible tells us that during the the, the Battle of Armageddon, there will be multiplied natural disasters. And then comes the second coming of Christ. It ends the seven-year tribulation. Mark Chapter Fourteen, Verse Sixty Two. Mark Fourteen is a long chapter. There's over sixty two verses. Mark Fourteen, Sixty Two. And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. That's significant. When when Jesus ascended to heaven and his followers were standing seeing him ascend to heaven, an angel appeared and told them that this same Jesus is going to return the same way that they saw him ascend. He's going to be coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, the second coming of Christ is prophesied over 400 times in the Bible. Over 400 times in the Bible. Jesus, even in John chapter 14, verse 1, John 14, 1, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions, And if I go, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. I'm just going to read it for you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the, uh, the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his, on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all the people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of, burning, uh, lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. The righteous will prevail. The righteous will prevail regardless of what it looks like. Many events will transpire between now and the second coming of Christ, but Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. He pointed to all the signs of his coming in Matthew chapter 24, and you can see those signs when you read them all around us. The question I have for you today is, are you ready? Remember, Bible prophecy is not uh, intended to scare, but to prepare. And you can avoid all of these incredible events if you're a Christian, if you're walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you saved? Are you ready? Let me ask it to you this way. It's been asked this way many times, but it's the simplest way that I know to cut through all of the justification and rationalization and all of the religious thought and tradition. If you died today, do you know with certainty, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? If your answer to that question is anything other than a resounding yes, I want to pray a prayer with you right now. And if you'll repeat this prayer out loud after me from a place of sincerity in your heart, you can know from this day forward that you're born again and that you're on your way to heaven. Repeat this prayer out loud after me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, You will be saved. So pray this prayer out loud after me right now. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin. And come into my heart and make me a new person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's as simple as that. If you pray that prayer out loud together with me, welcome to the family of God. You're my newest brother or sister in Christ. Please go to my website at revivalnow.com. Revivalnow.com. If you'll go to my website, there's a big red button on the front page. It says, I just got saved. Click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do a couple of things. The first thing that you can do is you can view some video resources that I've prepared for you to help you get started in your Christian life. Secondly, you can fill out your contact information. And if you'll fill out your contact information in its entirety, I'll make a threefold promise to you. Number one, your name, your information will not show up in any mailing list, Or you won't be solicited in any way. Number two, I'll pray for you by name because now I'm going to know who you are. And number three, I want to send some resources to you that'll help you get started in your Christian faith. So go to revivalnow.com, click I just got saved, and follow the prompts. Awesome. Well, I'm going to pick up with part two of this uh, episode in in the next one, the next episode that we share. Uh, But Remember that uh, this episode is being sponsored by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved, NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen, info for Valara at gmail.com. Thanks for taking this journey together with me. Uh, Please tune in again for the next episode as I share part two of God's calendar of final things. Until then, be blessed in Jesus' name.